You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. My name is Brooke McLaughlin, and I'm your co-host for the Million Praying Moms podcast. You're listening to a brand new bonus series where I'm interviewing all of the amazing women who contributed to my newest book, releasing August 3rd, Praying Mom making prayer the first and best response to motherhood. Have the words, God, I need you to do something in my children, ever found their way into your desperate prayers? Do you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and everything it's going to throw at them? Have you ever prayed, God, I can't be the mom they need. I need you to help me. If so, you're not alone. The good news is that there is a way to stay connected with the one who has all the answers so you can be the mom you need to be. When my children were little, I was faced with the undeniable fact that my best efforts fell woefully short of my goal to produce godly children. I knew if God didn't show up, nothing would change in my home. So I began to pray scripture for my children and both my life and my children's lives were transformed. Yours can be too. Over the years, I've learned that while prayer is the most important part of Christian parenting, Many moms feel stifled in their prayers and so continue to feel helpless and hopeless. Do you feel like you don't know what or how to pray? Like you don't know if your prayers really matter? Like you can't pray until you get your life together? Or maybe you just feel like you're too busy to pray? Praying Mom will have you making prayer your first and best response to every aspect of family life and thriving as a mom full of hope in the God who can, even if you can't. You can pre-order it now anywhere books are sold. And when you do, you'll get access to some pretty amazing bonuses, like two extra chapters that weren't even included in the book, audio prayers, that's actually me praying every single prayer in the book, about 75 or so of them, over your family, and access to my prayer huddle, where I'm equipping you to program prayer into your daily life. If live teaching with me as your prayer coach, live prayer, a free digital prayer journal, and prayer check-ins. Sounds good to you? Pre-order your copy of Praying Mom today. Just visit www.brookmclaughlin.net forward slash pre-order to get started. Today, I have someone with me who is no stranger to this podcast. I have said many times that Stacey Thacker is one of my very favorite people. And after, what, 10 years of doing ministry together to moms, that continues to be the truth. One of the things I love most about Stacey is her absolute devotion to and dependence upon the Word of God. If you're around her for very long, she will redirect you there, but not in a harsh way. She speaks as someone who has lived it and found joy in it. She shared about some of that in her latest book, Threadbare Prayer, prayers for hearts that feel hidden, hurt, or hopeless. And as she shared her own struggle with prayer inside of Praying Mom, you're going to want to purchase the book to see how she overcame that. 
Stacey, thank you so much for being here today. Tell everybody, in case they don't know, a little bit about you and your family. Well, thanks, Brooke. I am just grateful to be here. I love, I mean, an excuse to talk to you and, and get to do it <laughs> today is, is a great thing. A little bit about me. My husband, Mike, and I just celebrated our 27th oh wow. my gosh, anniversary, which just is crazy to me. We have four daughters. Our oldest is 21. Our second oldest is 18. This was her year for graduation. So Ooh. we have celebrated that this year. And a 15-year-old. And then our baby is 11. So we are an all-girl family. Very different from Brooke's house. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works well for us when we partner in ministry because we kind of cover, we're now covering so many age gaps and everything. And we have girls and boys. So it's really super fun. I've been writing online, gosh, since 2009. I think it's when crazy. I started right before my baby was born. So it's 11 years. And you and I stumbled into each other's Twitter feed not too long after that. Mm-hmm. And so we always like to tell people we met on Twitter, which is the absolute truth. So yes, um, it always gets a laugh. Always. Because it's great. Who does that? <laughs> who does that? And then says, hey, let's write a book together. Or how about two? Yeah. You know, so anyway, um, I started blogging in 2009. And just from one thing led to another. And God has been super gracious. Um, written several books, as Brooke said, the most recent one on prayer. I will confess, I don't think I'm a prayer warrior, although um, someone has taken me to task on that, but I do love prayer. And I just want to say, segue, how much I love this book, Brooke, and how grateful I am to have a prayer book by Brooke McLaughlin that is actually, for me, a girl mom. So <laughs> That's great, given- because a little, a little funny aside is that when I wrote my first book on prayer, Praying for Boys, and I probably will call you on this for the rest of our, our lives <laughs> together, I gave her a copy and then she was like, I don't think I'm going to read it. I think I'm probably just going to give it to another <laughs> because it was for a boy mom. And I get it. I totally get it, which I think you did end up reading it. And then like passing it on to to other boy moms, which I appreciate. (laughs) I I will say this about that first book is that every time I got a copy, I gave it away. And so, so it's fine. I did read it. I believe I might've endorsed it, even though I don't have boys, but I did read it. I did enjoy it. (laughs) I'm just saying that now I can actually carry this book around with me and people aren't like, why do you have a book about praying for boys? You know? So no, I just, I love this, this book. I think what you've written is just so needed. I think it's, I can't, I was thinking about this today about, the ripple effect this this is going to have in the lives of not only moms with their children and their families. And so I'm just so proud of you. Thank I'm you. so grateful to be a small part of this amazing story and this journey and just to even get to tell a little bit of my story as well. Thank you so much for that, Stacey. You've always been a cheerleader for that and I really appreciate it. All right. So as you know, I have asked each of the seven contributors of which you are one to the Praying Mom book to answer the same two questions during this bonus series. And I have to admit, it has been a lot of fun to Mm -hmm. listen to all the diverse answers to the exact same questions. And the hope and, and the idea behind this is that we can really share from various perspectives, different denominations, different maturity levels, different experiences, why does prayer matter? And, and hopefully as a result, our listeners will be able to define why prayer should matter to them. So that's really our first question. And we'll jump in right there. Why does prayer matter to you? Uh, well, I want to, I'm going to answer that. I promise. But you know, I'm, <clears throat> I'm a little verbal, but I want to say this. And if any mom is listening and she's just weary from prayer, like I just want to say, I have um, been talking and doing interviews and writing on prayer 
a lot lately because Threadbare came out in October of 2020. I wrote it in December of 2019. So I have had a constant prayer conversation going on since, I mean, since that time. And so, and praying and talking about prayer and leading people through a hundred days of Threadbare prayer. And just, it's been on my brain for a really long time. That being said, just being tired of feeling like I'm praying the same prayers over and over. So if you're a mom and you're like, I grabbed this book, I'm even listening to this podcast because I'm just tired. Like I'm just, I just don't have any more words to say. Like, I feel you. (laughs) Like I totally understand. And so why does prayer matter to me? Because prayer for me has been a concentrated effort to not put distance between me and God when I absolutely my flesh wants to do that. Yes. So I've found when I am not praying, I not God doesn't distance himself from me. Absolutely not. He is always holding me together. He is always drawing me close. He's always waiting. What's our favorite verse? Bending down to listen um, mm-hmm. as, you know, to listen to us so that we, when we pray, we know that he's right there. That's Psalms 116 too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that for me, it has really been the way that I, do not let that distance become too great. It's kind of like the visual of, I think about Hannah and I think about that even for Hannah, even though she was heartbroken and she was being bullied and she was misunderstood that she intentionally got as close to God as she could get. And I just think that visual of her taking herself um, as close to God as she could get and pouring out her heart in prayer and being willing to be misunderstood and being willing to be um, bullied by someone else, like all of that stuff, that that for me is what prayer has really become, is just to be intentional to not put distance between me and God. Oh, that is so good, Stacey. I love that. I just saw somebody, and I've as you've been talking, I've been trying to remember who said that, who said that, but there was someone on Instagram the other day who said, the longer I stay away from God in prayer, the easier it is for me to not want to go back. And I really feel like that's so true. If I can figure out who that was, I'll put it in the show notes because I want to give credit where credit's due. But but I read that and I was like, oh, wow, that's so true. Because there have been times when you know, I've been discouraged or, you know, part of what we talk about in your chapter is uh, when we get hit with really, really hard things, how do we, how do we move through that? You know, uh, we've all been there when we are discouraged with the Lord or discouraged by what he's doing or not doing on our behalf, it becomes harder to want to go and be in his presence. And don't you wish that wasn't the case? Don't you wish that our gut, when we're when we're discouraged, when we're going through hard things is just to crawl up in his lap, like our immediate response. I wish, I hope someday that God will make me mature enough in him, that that is my immediate gut reaction is to just go crawl up in daddy's lap. But, but sometimes it's not, sometimes I get mad at him. Sometimes I get frustrated and I don't want to be with him. And I love the way you just described that. Well, I think there's two things that that came to mind when you were saying that is that first of all, I think about it like a child, like, you know, when you have your kid and your kid is like super tired and they're whiny and they're crying, I mean, not my big kids, obviously, but when they were little and you would just like grab them and hold them and they would kind of like flail and you'd be like, they would finally like wear themselves out. I think it was, um, oh, it's in a uh, watchman. Me has a visual in his book that's similar about a drowning man and how, if you're going to save a drowning man, that, that, the the lifeguard will have to wait until they've kind of calmed down to kind of bring them in and save them. And so I think sometimes with prayer, that's how it is for us is that we have to kind of 
have our little fit <laughs> and we have to finally come to God exhausted. You know, I, I think you're right. My hope is that as I'm learning the discipline of prayer, because I do think it's a discipline, it is. is that as my relationship is growing with him and it has, I mean, it absolutely has over the past several years in particular, um, but I still find myself having those moments at the beginning of our chat when I sit down with, to pray with the Lord or when I'm praying over dishes or whatever I'm doing at the time was I have to kind of get it all out. I have to be really honest with God with where I am and what's in my heart. It's not really because he knows. It's not like he doesn't know, but I have to kind of pour it all out so then I can take in the peace and take in the comfort and 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 receive the word he speaks over my heart or if I'm open with my my scripture open in front of me. Have to do all that first. So I think maybe I'm getting a little bit quicker, but I think that's absolutely a, a warning we need to remember is that if, if you don't feel like praying, that's probably the moment you most definitely need to be praying. Yes. And, and you may need to get into some serious prayer time. Um, close yourself off, go into the room, go into your prayer closet, go over wherever it is you go to do real heart prayer work with the Lord because that's probably when you need it most. Yeah, that's so good. I actually did an episode recently in my prayer tips about what to do when you don't feel like praying. And my answer, and, and please feel free to go back and listen to that one, guys. I'll, I'll also connect it for you in the show notes so that you can find the right one. But you know, part of my answer to that was obedience precedes emotion, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you're not going to feel like doing something that God has asked you to do. But oftentimes when we just do it anyways, even if our heart might not be in it to start with, the emotion comes, the the feeling comes after that. At least that's been my experience mm-hmm. um, as I've just tried to walk in obedience. So that is a, just a beautiful, beautiful description. All right. So let's pivot and have some story time. Mm. Would you share a time that God transformed you or your family through prayer? Mm. Well, it's interesting, again, with the theme of endurance is that over the past six or seven years, it's been, there's been a lot, there's a lot to choose from. Um, We do talk about one particular story in the book, but kind of even before that, um, God was teaching me about wrestling with him in prayer. And I I really don't mean this interview to sound negative at all. I hope that when, you know, moms are listening on the other side, they're just like, yes, I'm right there with you. They're not like, oh, this is, it's not negative. It's real. And that's, <laughs> okay, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if anything, Brooke and I are real. So, I mean, that's what you get when the two of us get together, but really the transformation point. Um, if I, if I just talk about my own personal stuff, as I think about Jacob, when he wrestled with the Lord is that, entering into those moments, whether it's been working through the grief with my losing my dad or, or, or having um, my daughter sick. And I'll talk about that one in just a minute is that those wrestling moments, it it was never so much about the thing that God was going to give me. It was really about me bringing my will into alignment with his and whatever he would answer, however he would answer it would be the transformation point is that I have to be okay with that. And that's to me, when I think about how it transforms, it's that it transforms my relationship with him. And it's, I think every time I've come to a really hard moment of prayer is I I could just hear the Lord saying, do you trust me? Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Even if I don't answer this the way you really want me to answer it. Um, So and knowing that even in those moments is that the Lord is allowing me to work through that is that Hebrews 7, 25 says that he lives to make intercession for us, that he's praying for me. And that's probably been one of the most encouraging things, but let me, let me backtrack to when my, my daughter was in the hospital. This was a couple years. Um, and then in the book, we talk about more about what happened with my husband, but 
um, a couple years before um, Mike had his cardiac arrest, my daughter, Caroline was very sick and we didn't know it was something that came on slow. And, you know, as a mom, you've got kids running around, you're not, you know, you just don't see little things happening. And so she became very sick. And as a family, we had to watch her go into the hospital and, and we had these moments, um, where we were all together. And I remember a particular um, time when she was in the hospital and um, some sweet friends from church came and wanted to pray, but they wanted to leave worship. And so we were in the hospital room and they came and sang over her. We've got this video of her singing with them from her hospital bed. And we prayed as a family. And I just remember um, those moments of being able to lead our girls into trusting God with things that, I mean, at that time, goodness, Caroline wasn't quite nine. So Abby would have been about 12 and Emma would have been about 15 maybe. Um, and Allie was just a little bitty thing is that this was a season where we had to teach our girls that, you know, God doesn't always answer your prayer with healing. You know, he didn't instantly make Caroline better. I mean, she still struggles on a daily basis with this disease that became our diagnosis, but what our girls saw in those moments is that you can trust God and you can take your concerns to him. And as we learn to turn that over and to trust him in a deeper way, we had no idea that that would be used as prep work for us to walk through what we walked through with their dad. And so I think back to that time that, you know, my girls were comfortable being in hospitals and they were, they were, they understood what medical jargon was, you know, they just had this knowledge that children, I mean, I wish I didn't, they didn't know it, but they did. And so those times of praying as a family and, and trusting God that you can ask God for big, bold things. And he does answer in his time and in his way, but that you can trust him with the work that he's going to do. And also I think too, um, even just following up on that is to say that we've had to watch God as a family, not just answer big, bold prayers. Cause I mean, we have had miraculous prayers. answered. I mean, you've been on the front row seat of watching those things happen, but at the same time, knowing that we can ask God for big, bold things and see that he's capable, obviously God can do anything, Mm -hmm. Um, but we've also had to watch God as a family prune us and work in our lives and where God has taken things away. And so we've had to work through those as a family and say, you know, even again, even if God doesn't answer the way that we want him to, he's still good and he's still our father. And we're going to still walk day by day. We're going to take our concerns to him. We're going to pray. Even if we don't feel like it, we're going to trust him because God is good and we can trust him with the story that he's writing for our lives. I love that. The thing that impresses me the most uh, from that story is the way that you have modeled that to your children. And I know it's been imperfectly because we're all imperfect, but I think our children learn so much. I mean, they, they learn from what we say or what we don't say, but they learn so much more from what we do or don't do. And I just think, you know, you and Mike have been a great, um, you've done a good job of, of modeling that. And it's always been my goal. And I know you and Mike have had this as a goal too, that, that you would teach your children how to respond to the things of life and prayer by going to the father, not running away from the father, but going to the father. And, and it's interesting to me that, that we've just been talking as women in their forties and now just barely 50 Um, but you don't look it at all, but anyways, (laughs) another story for another time. Thank you. Thank Um, you for saying that (laughs) (laughs) or close to your fifties. I guess you're not quite there yet, but you're on the verge. Um, (laughs) anyways, you and I are still having this conversation about how we wish that our first reaction was to run to the father in prayer. And it just, it reminds me that it's a lifelong thing, right? Totally. 
And I think it's one of the things that I love about this book is that where you get to hear from all of these other b- women and their prayer stories. And it just makes you realize, oh, I'm not alone in this, that other women have these similar struggles or they've worked through things. Like, I don't think that we have to have all the answers. I think that's the beautiful thing about prayer. And it's a growth process. And I remember, I remember this years ago. I mean, I was walking with the Lord pretty much from high school and I was in college and I was involved in a a pretty vibrant college ministry. And I was in in a van with a good friend. She's about eight years older than me. So she's a little farther down the road. And we were driving somewhere, I think to get dinner. And we were talking about something and she just said, oh, let's pray. And I went right now here in the van. I mean, because that was not something that I had had modeled. I have an amazing saint of a mother who I know prayed for me and has a prayer list a mile long. Everybody wants to be on my mom's prayer list and she still prays. But growing up, that just wasn't something that was modeled. And when my friend modeled it to me, she goes, yeah, let's just pray. And she just started talking to Jesus. And I was like, that's so cool. Like I can do that too. So that's something that with my girls, when we're in the car and something comes up now, I don't, again, I love that she said imperfect because imperfect progress is such a great description for my prayer life. And I wave and I, sometimes I'm better than others, but it's something that I've tried to do with my girls to be like, let's just pray for everyone's stressed or having a bad day. We have an issue that comes up. Let's just stop and pray right now. And we happen to be in the car quite a lot as a family. So mm-hmm. it's just one little thing is, you know, if that wasn't something modeled for you, or that's not true in your life, this book is such a great prayer tutor and you can get some great ideas on how you can really incorporate prayer into your life as a mom. And you can always start today. You can start today. You don't have to be a prayer professional. You can be like me, an imperfect prayer warrior, and you can learn something and grow in your prayer life right now. Yeah, I love that. I say a lot, it's never too late to start praying for your children. Mm. As long as this they're this side of heaven, mm-hmm. no, you know, you can't be too late. So we hear from moms sometimes who will say it's too late. I let, you know, I didn't start or I just didn't know. I just, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's not even a matter of just disobedience. It's just a matter of where God is maturing you and the the time frame that he has you on. It's different for all of us, but uh, no, no guilt in that. Just start now, just wherever they are, just start now. So That's I love beautiful. that. Thank you for that reminder. Stacey, I can't thank you enough for sharing your heart with us today. Thank you for being here. I would love to end today's episode by having you share one verse that you're praying for your family right now. So if you'll share that, we will make it available to our online family to download for free in our show notes. So what are you praying? I love that. Um, I typically have prayers I pray specifically for my specific people, but the one that comes up consistently for our family is Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 which says now to the God who can do so many awe-inspiring things, immeasurable things, things greater than we ever could ask for or imagine through the power at work in us, to him be the glory from this generation to the next forever and ever. Amen. That is a verse that I will continually pray Mm -hmm. that God can and does do awe-inspiring things. I mean, we're witnesses of that. We have seen God do those things in our life, but Sometimes I forget and I have to remind myself and continue to ask him to do more than I can ask for or imagine. I love that so much. Thank you again, Stacey, for being here. Tell everybody before we wrap up for good, how they can follow you online. Online, I am on Instagram at Stacey Thacker. That's S-T-A-C-E-Y Thacker. And also on Facebook, uh, official Stacey Thacker. And my website is stacythacker.com. Awesome. That's it for today, friends. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of the Million Praying Moms podcast. Before you go, make sure you've grabbed your copy of Brooke's newest book, 
Praying Mom, making prayer the first and best response to the challenges of motherhood. If you feel helpless to know how to equip your children for this world and all it will throw at them, and need help creating a game plan that will never fail you, this book is for you. Inside, you'll find biblical, heart-level solutions to the challenges that are keeping you from being an effective praying mom. You can find links to purchase Praying Mom anywhere books are sold in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. You can also connect with our community of praying moms by hanging out with us on Instagram at millionprayingmoms or by visiting us at millionprayingmoms.com. And don't forget, with each new episode, we offer five free scripture-based prayers based on that show's topic. Simply visit millionprayingmoms.com and sign up to get yours sent to your inbox right away. Till next time. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.